another Sunday, another edition of the Chair Shot Podcast coming to you this week, covering a bevy of topics. We've got lots of things coming up. we got wrestling talk, we got life guff, hmm. got a bit of movie guff, we got all the guffs, you know, all the usual things you've come to expect from this show, uh, including your hosts. First of all, I'm here, Barry Murphy, steering the ship, how goes it? Joined, as always, by my ever-dependable co-hosts. First of all, it's Paul Griffin. Hello. Happy Sunday in that. That's right. And rounding out the team this week, and most weeks, I think that's every week, really, if you think about it, Mr. Joe Towner. Uh, aye, aye, Captain Barry. How we doing? We all good this week, lads? We all ready to go? We all raring to go? Yep, yep steady waters. Blue skies ahead. Going with the nautical t- theme, I guess, this week. Y- you are. Uh, Just like Curry's saying. Yeah. Exactly, but we're you know not as cute, you know. Oh, not, yeah. You know we're not we're not known for we're not the cute boy podcast, we're the chair shop podcast, you know. Um, Although, if we had to rebrand, what? I think we'd probably get away with that, couldn't we? Yeah, hey, unless the name is taken, I don't I don't think there's a cute boy podcast out there. I mean, I don't know any I don't know any podcasts that have cute boys on. Um. So so mm. to the best of my knowledge, that's something that we could do. Um. So uh, we'll we'll consider it. Just watch this space. Just for now, keep using the usual uh, URL. I was going to say, cuteboypodcast.com is available. If really, it's something that we want to consider. Yeah, it is something I want to consider. It's, I want to consider that's a it very time. different demographic. I imagine they're going to attract. Well, I am going to review. Call me by your name today. So it might What's be a, it might be a gay movie in that. In it, good place to start. Oh. Uh, the Cube Boy podcast, then. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah that might CBP. I could, yeah, it might be some... We have a uh, movie golf coming up there, as Paul alluded to. Uh, we also have, uh, you know, wrestling to talk about and that. Um, before we get to all that, I'm going to rein it in here a little bit. We're going to do a little bit of life golf because before we came on the air there just a few moments ago, Paul was telling us all about his uh, his dietary uh, uh, updates. Uh, so where are you at, Paul? Oh well, I, I was just saying that I, I didn't want the diet thing to become a feature almost. Um, well, I, I did hit one ninety four, one hundred ninety four pounds uh, yesterday on the scales. Which is again for listeners who haven't been keeping up to date with uh, with my jiggly belly. Um, I was two oh five when I started this endeavor, so that's an eleven pound net loss. Two oh five and barely alive. Yeah, so I'm hoping that maybe by the end of March I'll be closer to about. God, what would I like to be? About 189, 188? I'd like to be in the 80s by the end of March, ideally. Hmm. That's, uh, that seems very achievable, I would say, based on your current uh, pace. Well, it's been two months, basically. Mm. month and a half, two months. And, of course, it's easier to lose, lose the way at the beginning. It does kind of plateau off after a while. Um, but do well so far. I'm still using that MyFitnessPal app to track all my calorie intake and all that mm. um did have a big bunsen yesterday which 
uh, chips, burger, Coke is probably a good, <laughs> probably good 1100 calories or something. <laughs> so that's just, that's just a little one off. In fairness, all I didn't eat anything else that yesterday, except I had some cereal in the morning. Well, morning is probably about midday. Um, so at least I kind of allowed for the Bunsen in a way. Like I still was 300 calories under my daily goal. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Unfortunately, the calories I ate were a big load of shite. Um, um, so that's why yeah. today I had a lovely uh, just chicken, chicken fillet in the George Foreman. Yeah. So that makes it even better for you, I guess. Um, <laughs> so feeling good. I'm 194 and feeling fine. I'm on the way down. Yeah, that's good. I'm going. I'm going the other direction. I'm just, you know, um, because we're like two people passing week. in an in an elevator. <laughs> yeah, and and you're like, and and I, but like I'm going very slowly and wheezing, because um, <laughs> I found out this week. I, it's it's very new. I, I I don't know how new, but it's. But I only heard about it this week. I heard about a new place in Limerick that just does uh, chicken wings. Okay. Um, and, and I've and I've been there twice this week, um, so so that's good. And it's like my new favorite place now, so so that's that's good. I've fully committed to the to to the eating like shite uh, uh, regimen. It's extremely tasty. And I went there the second day. First day I got chicken wings. Second day I got like a different kind of chicken wings, and I wanted to get some of their dressed fries, right? So I ordered this thing on the menu that was called pepperoni fries, right? It came out and it just looks like a pizza. You couldn't even see the chips. There was so much melted cheese and um, uh, pepperoni on it. It was just absolutely drowning uh, in in uh, grease and cheese and and um, pig. So um, so that's that's where I'm at uh, on on the diet. Um, so, uh, so I'll keep everyone abreast of that. <laughs> I was just um, thinking, next time we meet at an OTT, yeah. it'll be like when Homer's looking in the mirror and he has the pecs dancing. <laughs> but you in real life and you'll be the pec man. <laughs> oh, let's talk about Speaking OTT of, later on, by the way. I, well, I was going to say, I don't, we could, we could. It's I'm not really wrestling talk that. because, uh, I ain't going, but go on. Yeah, that's, that's why I wanted to bring it up now because. They had they there were more tickets on sale this past Friday, and there's more tickets again on sale this coming Friday. Uh, I think within I one th- month they've had tickets on sale for four shows. Is that right? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so they and, and it's impossible to keep track of as well. I mean the they have the Sure Road show next week. Yeah. Uh, they have the return to the Tivoli. In, at the end of March, which is the Martinez Gaff Party show, which is her last one for a while because she's going to uh, Japan. Um, they have the night. The night after that, they have the first the women's show, and then they have Scrapper Mania in May. So Scrapper Mania is the big one, the one that I'm going to. Are, are you going to that? Yeah, and that that'll yes. be that'll be my next OTT show. I guess will be Scrapper Mania. Yeah, because... I was I was really tempted to go to. Uh, gaff party. Then they announced tickets are on sale Friday, by the way, and I was like, you haven't even announced a person. And then, like, Thursday evening, I'm fairly sure, they put out the poster with, like, a helico on it, and that's their big, that's their big thing. And I was like, yeah. alright, I love the, I, I don't want to miss any Tivoli shows before it, it, uh, goes bye-bye, but I, I can't justify 
going to this like with my current budgetary wait, wait, the, the week before Scrappermania tickets go on sale the week before Scrappermania tickets go on sale two weeks before I'm in Germany like it's just it's just crazy um, the, the amount of shows I got. and also um, still lots of show road tickets on sale uh, the, 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 the the Martinez Gap Party that's the longest I've seen like floor seats available for a Tivoli show in ages they're, they're gone now obviously they went within the hour but it's usually a... I mean, remember when it used to be a 30-second thing? I do. Like, if you didn't get on it, bang on 10 Well, I think it's, I think it's the, 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 the announced people as well. It, it's it, not, not that anybody on it is, is bad. I mean, uh, no, I, I would say on a typical month uh, where, you know, the ticket sales are kind of more staggered, that I probably, I probably would go to it. I probably would. But uh, I'm looking at the, the poster now. You have Kings of North, Rapture, right? Uh, Joey Janela, Haskins, and Jern Simmons, who I've seen all of them. Um, they're not. I think that's um, something that's happened. There's very few names that they haven't brought in at this point. It seems yeah. you guys would have seen. All these but specifically, guys. those are names. Those are names that aren't really like knockdown mussies, you know. And Helico would be nice, like but Marty Skrull or something. Would that still have the same? I think. Uh, it was, I think it was. If it was a Marty Skrull without the elite, or if it was a an Osprey, or, um, I mean, Jesus, I could even go. You know, if if they announced that uh, that extra talented were there, I'd probably go along. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But it's just like, aside from Janela, it's kind of. I mean, Jern, I think I've seen two or three times. Haskins is on almost everyone anyway. Uh, Kings of the North, Rapture, um. And then in Helico is kind of the, new, the the one new one. I don't know. I just I, he's, he's not. He's also not someone like I've heard that he's had great matches, and I've liked what I've seen of him in Lucha Underground and stuff like that. But I've I've ne- I don't know that I've ever seen a like blow my socks off singles match from the guy. I, again uh, and again, I don't think it's necessarily the problem with the card, but it's like yeah, the tickets were on sale um, two days ago, and the Scrapper Mania tickets go on sale in five days so you kind of have to pick one of them unless you have money yeah money up the wazoo uh which i don't so yeah no absolutely yeah and especially because uh, i get paid next wednesday so i i don't have money for th- three or four people to go to two shows and then it's like, wait i'm being paid back you know i need i need to pick and choose my uh my shows to go to unfortunately yeah. and you're not you're not going to that sure road show are you Oh, sorry. We I'm not sure if I cut out or you're cut out. But are you? No, going I'm. I'm not going. I'm not going. Okay. Um, because it was the same thing yeah. again. The tickets just were didn't go on sale at a time that was justifiable for me. Which is more. Which is more the problem with the company I work for, where I, I get paid on the seventh of the month instead of the first of every month. It would be very nice if if I got paid in the first, and then I would have the money to buy tickets for everything. But for me, it doesn't work out that way. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we won't we won't get too bogged down in the in the OTT chat this early. But, I do uh, I do have the uh, the VOD. So I'll, I'll watch I'll watch it each show. I just can't can't justify going to them. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I forgot that I have the day after the women's show off, so I might last minute decide to go to that. Um, uh, it'll depend on whether or not the, the, the bus service I get is running, because that's Easter Sunday, so it might not be running, so I'd be stranded right, if yeah, I was to go up. Uh, but I'll, I'll consider it, but yeah, um, 
uh, yeah. So anyway, that was uh, uh, that factored more into life golf, obviously, because the bills, the bills, they're flying in. The the fucking the wages are barely touching my hands, you know. Um, I'm looking forward to to sixteen carat in two weeks. Not only because it'll be great, but also because I can stop saving for it. Uh, because I haven't been doing a whole lot else uh, in in the time leading up to it. Um, so yeah, that's so. I don't have a whole lot of life golf this week. I ate some really nice chicken wings, uh, uh, which which hey, that's great. Uh, what about you, uh, Joey? Been up to much this week? Um, drinking. Uh, oh, I, Friday, oh, I. Fr- Friday and Saturday, which is a tall order these days. Yeah, um, had a leaving do on Friday, so uh, had a few drinks to send. A good friend of mine at work off. Um, I got home about 3am after consuming a Big Mac and fries in Trafalgar Lovely. Square. Stuffing it in with haze and then sitting on the night bus for an hour. Um, I'd, I'll be honest, Big Mac's not that good. Well, uh, yeah. I think McDonald's burgers typically aren't that good. No, but it, okay, even just in the context of a McDonald's, I, I don't think I'd pick... Big Mac over really anything on on their menu except maybe like a filet o fish right. or some other you know nonsense like the quarter pounder with cheese better chicken selects better even like McChicken sandwich or whatever better than the Big Mac. Well, the Big Mac as well yeah. is, is is two normal hamburgers with an extra bit of bread yeah. in the middle and all the trimmings. That's what a Big Mac yeah. is, right? Yeah, and there's a special sauce as well and no ketchup. Mm. Um. Yeah, just uh, I've only ever had like a couple of Big Macs, and it's just I don't know how that became the flagship because I don't think it's that good. Anyway, yeah, that's just me. Yeah, I, 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 I uh, was talking about this to my my roommate the other day. Uh, we got we got Big Macs before Black Panther, and yeah. just they're just there recently, like yesterday or the day before. We were just talking about shitty food, and obviously from yeah. listening to this podcast, I mean, look, I just went on and on about how much I love those fucking chicken wings that might end up killing me. Um, yeah. I'm not any kind of a snob. Like, oh, this is this is so terrible for you. Don't eat this. Like that's that's a million miles for me. But every time I have a Big Mac, I just I just feel like I, this is the worst thing imaginable that a human could be eating. There's just something about it. It's it, just it, and I I, I really need that that been, mid, Sorry. No no no. Go ahead. Yeah. I was gonna say I don't think it needs that middle bit of bread as well. Mm. That's they're not big. Bur- they're not thick burgers. No. Like you 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 get double patty burgers with no bread in the middle and it's it's perfect you know in and out they don't have you know any bread in what why the need for the extra bun that was maybe that worked 50 years ago if people needed the extra bun but we're living in fucking 2018 mcdonald's get with it i want a fucking big mac with just the fucking meat I mean, maybe, you know, and like I said, I don't know that it's necessarily, like, nutritionally the worst thing I eat, but there's just something about it. I think also yeah. it's because the classic thing of, of how it looks, like it never looks like the photo, it's just this shitty yeah. lettuce yeah. oozing out of it, and the sauce, yeah. and it's just like, this yeah. is the worst thing I regularly eat. Uh, but anyway, so McDonald's aren't going to be sponsoring us anytime soon. Big Mac um, is the Triple H of burgers, really. <laughs> Just ever present, Over- iconic, but not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just has disappointing uh-huh. matches every year with uh, legends. So, so have uh, you yeah. uh, any other any other misadventures while drinking? Yeah, then I was out again uh, last night. Luckily, just locally, so 
pub across the street. Uh, we went to Meat Liquor uh, first, which is a chain. Is that a Rockbuster uh, crew, is it? Mm, no, but it would be a good one if we ever do Restaurant Buster. I think <laughs> that would be in there. Oh, meat um, liquor. So they, okay. Yeah, liquor as in alcohol. As in the they do kind of American style food. It's all, you know, your chicken wings, your burgers, that type of thing. Yeah. Had a what they call a dead hippie burger, which is very similar to the In N Out Double Double burger. Yeah. Uh, it is absolutely fantastic burger, I'd say. Better than your GBKs, better than any of those kind of posh burger joints. It really is the absolute best. So contrasting that with the Big Mac, it was like, <sighs> so going from, I don't know, Triple H to The Rock. All right, that's how <laughs> yeah. I'd, that's what I'd call it. Had a few uh, cocktails in there as well. Did get pretty drunk. I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> I yeah. always love Joe's stories when he gets drunk. He does that voice. Oh, I love it. <laughs> But we did. We started quite early, and the, the guys come out at about four. So we were sort of done by ten, which is good, because then I was in bed at eleven. That okay. was handy. Um, yeah. Then today, just been chilling, hit the gym. Uh, yeah, all good, all gravy. Look at that. Uh, two days, oh, two days drinking. He still hits the gym on the Sunday. That's. It was a struggle, mate. Oh God, I tell you. <laughs> Chest oh. back day, brother. Oh brother. Um, well, my wife said, what day is it today? I said, no, it's not Sunday, love. It's, uh, it's, I've got to have a lion. Bye. <laughs> Shit, didn't really happen. She said, she said, why are you making up this conversation? Because uh, I live <laughs> 6,000 miles away and I haven't woken up yet. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, brother. <laughs> Paul, you've been on the, uh, on the lash, mate. I was on the lash, uh, <laughs> yesterday, the music lash. Um, because as i said uh we're talking about ott tickets just there um i went instead to one of the music shows where instead of wrestling they do songs and that for whatever two hours uh went to see electric six uh in dublin's academy um so i'm big i'm a big electric six guy you'd be amazed to hear um not just you know your gay bar and danger high voltage, but I think I have five of their five or six of their albums. Quite like them. They have they have about fourteen, so I'm not exactly a super fan. Um, that just hits like you max though. No, 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 come on, now. come on, come on. I, I'm very much a New Japan fan of the music scene. Um, <laughs> so we went to them in the academy. We uh, went out for Bunsen beforehand, as as I had mentioned and uh yeah doors were at seven so i i suggested it was just me and nat going to this so i suggested we do the same thing that i'd done for cky which was <laughs> show up like 20 minutes after doors and not worry about getting to the front of the stage just leaning against the pillar at the back and enjoy the show without being squashed by people um so we show up academy give our tickets head in and uh it was almost empty. There was like hardly anyone there. So even though we showed up 20 minutes late, uh, we still amble up to, to the front of the stage. So we're like, oh, we just... Because we could lean then against the uh, the barricade at the front. We said, oh, perfect. Um, and of course, it, it did get much busier later on. But I guess a lot of people had the same mindset of me of show up whenever and just you know, watch from afar. 
but uh, I guess we we weren't as light as we guessed we were. So we were we were pretty much right front front row. We had a great view of everything. Um, the support the support band were really good. They were a Japanese uh, punk rock band called uh, mm. Mutant Monsters, and they were very very good. Um, and then of course Electric Six came out and. Uh, did the hits, did did the gay bars, and did the danger high voltages. Um, now, we got a few nice souvenirs of the, of the concert. This is stuff that I've always kind of wanted to get at a concert, but this is the first time we actually got them. So, uh, a guitar pick was thrown and nice. hit, hit Natty in the face. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and she got it. So, we have, an, we have an electric six guitar pick now. It's just bloody, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> I mean, how can a guitar pick hit you in the face? It's quite light. <laughs> well, it didn't do any damage. It, hit, just... it landed on her face. <laughs> it hit her face with the force of maybe like a, a, a large fly. Yeah. Um, and then also at the end, we, we the band left the stage. They did a little encore in that. And the, guy, the, the roadies were on, uh, taking apart the equipment. Yeah. And we kind of oh, we, yeah. we we uh, hung back maybe like an extra two minutes, hoping that we might get a set list because they they were cleaning away the stuff. And it was myself and this other woman and Natty were all reaching out. And one of the guys came by. We, we kind of paused and said, oh, "Give us a set list. Give us a set list. Give us a set list." And he handed it and he let go, but none of us had actually grabbed it. And it just fell on the floor on the other side of the barricade. <laughs> and we all, we all looked at it sadly, like it's right there, but it's the wrong. We're on this side. It's over on that side. So the other woman who was trying to get it ahead of me, there's no way it's going to let her get. It. If she if she had got it, I would have ripped it out of her hand. Um, <laughs> she's looking at it all sad, and I go to Natty jump over get it there <laughs> so natty climbs over jumps over the barricade grabs a set list and we we scarpered out of there all nice and fast so we got we got a guitar pick and we got a set list from the show so that's pretty cool and and some unattended copper wire from the walls <laughs> and now we have one of the guitarists guitars which we took home as well yeah and one of the guitarists <laughs> yeah and the drummer in the bass. <laughs> but it was cool it was cool because I've, I've often been at concerts and I've never got one of the guitar picks so it was nice to actually get one for once but also the kind of set list and that's kind of was the advantage of being at the front is that we were able to get that as well so that was nice it was a good night out um, I've done some damage to my ribs somehow and I'm a little bit deaf still out of my left ear because having been right at the front we were right beside one of the speakers so I'm, I, I can hear fine out of my right ear but my left ear is still a bit fuzzy Hopefully they'll be better by the morning. But uh, yeah, it was a real good show, a real fun show. Um, the Academy is a great venue, so if, if you ever are going to a concert at the Academy, it's y- you get a good view from anywhere. It's kind of like um, kind of like the National Stadium in that sense, although it's much much smaller than the National Stadium, of course. Um, uh, and in addition to that, tomorrow I start my new job finally officially. So. Friday, I gave a, a five-hour training lecture about how to how to train properly, appropriately called train the trainer, um, and that was my last that was my last ever training presentation. So, from Monday, I'm now team lead, and we we'll see how that goes. But I'm I'm very much looking forward to. I'm, I was very much uh, jaded and burned out after five years of training experience. So happy for a, a new, better-paid challenge that starts mm-hmm. tomorrow. So there you go. 
Um, Very nice. Yeah, and apart from that, that's that's my life. Uh, like I said, I don't know. I don't know what I did to my side, but it's like around the rib area. Uh, anytime I kind of crunch forward now, I get a very sharp pain in my side. So I have a hot water bottle on it at the moment. Um, hopefully I feel a bit better tomorrow. Because I, tomorrow I am going to have to lug my computer and all my stuff from one building to another. So if, I'm not, if, my, if my side is still sore, I'm going to struggle with that. I might have to push on a swivel chair or something. But there you go. So yeah, that's uh, life guff for the week. I kind of want a Big Mac now, I'll be honest. Um, but I won't. Uh, the next thing we got here on the docket, what do we want to do next? A bit of telly guff? Not a lot of telly this week. Uh, I actually forgot to mention something that I watched last week. Uh, last last weekend, me and Kira were a bit bored, having a few drinks, and we were looking for something to watch. And um, so I had to watch uh, some Jackass, the good old Ooh. MTV classic uh, Jackass. I had picked up two volumes of the TV show uh, in CEX for like a euro each or something like that um, ages ago, and I just never watched them. Uh, but yeah, we stuck them on, and I have to say, honestly, it was a nice little trip down memory lane. It was very... Um, uh, it was a great nostalgia trip. It was kind of weirdly endearing, uh, even though at the time, you know, it was like the end of society. Um, it was, it, it's weirdly, um, uh, like, I don't know. I don't know. There was something about it compared to sort of modern, like, YouTube prankster culture that just mm. felt almost quaint in a way. Um, uh, Somehow like, less cynical. <laughs> Less less cynical. Uh, the people involved, even though they are all kind of like burnouts and like just kind of moderately successful skaters, uh, they still came off way more charming than an awful lot of the uh, uh, the people involved in 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 the YouTube prankster scene. Um, but yeah, it was good. It's it's still entertaining. It's still a, a fun show, uh, even even all these years later when the novelty of people with handheld cameras just like you know, kicking each other in the balls, um, you know, that's long worn off. Because now, now you can see 20 hours of that, you know, every day, you know, ne- never-ending stream of it. Um, but yeah, it was good. And also the person who uh, traded it in left all the DVD inlays in the box. So I also got uh, some advertisements for uh, the new uh, DVD and VHS release of the Tom Green Show from MTV. Uh, so look out for that, folks. Check your local uh, blockbuster for that. Um, and also coming soon to stores at Tony Hawk's Underground on the PlayStation 2, Xbox, and GameCube. Look out for that one. Um, those are some of the uh, uh, advertising inlays in the DVD. So, so yeah. Uh, other than that, not much uh, other TV of note. I haven't watched. I haven't really started anything new since we finished The Good Place. So, uh, so yeah. What what have you guys been watching? Well, I've been watching telly, if you can believe that. Um, I found out last week that uh, there was a new Netflix show, which is called The Joel McHale Show, starring Joel McHale, uh, which is essentially a... What's that about, then? Essentially a spiritual successor to The Soup. Now, I was a huge... Oh, yeah. I was a huge Soup guy. And when The Soup was cancelled by uh, the E! Network, I was very sad, because it was a show that I would look forward to every week. 
and uh, and so it's it's essentially been been revived, been brought back from the dead by Netflix. It obviously doesn't have the name, the soup. It doesn't have any of the segments, and to avoid uh, whatever legal uh, restrictions have been put on it, it is it is not one hundred percent the same thing, but it is ninety nine percent the same thing. So essentially, I have the soup back, and I'm very happy. I've watched the first uh, two episodes. I think there was a new one. I don't know when it came out, but I saw that there was a new one today, and I, I just watched it in the last hour. Uh, it did, in fact, come out today, so it is. It does come out on Sundays, so I'll definitely have to make sure that I watch that pre-podcast. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm super happy that I have I have my soup show back, even if it is. Uh, only for 13 episodes this first season. The soup used to just run all year long, so you'd have 50 whatever episodes a, a year. Um, but yeah, I, li- I, I, I really love the soup. Um, I watched the soup for a good seven or so years before it was cancelled, so yeah, uh, very happy that Netflix um, brought it back. Even though, again, it's not the soup, it doesn't have any of the old segments that, that I, I, I miss. Um, but it is, for all intents and purposes, more of the same. So, I'm very happy. So, if anybody, uh, like me, used to watch The Soup and did not know that this was happening, uh, go check it out. It's great. Because I, I, I was only told about it by my brother uh, after the first episode was had already been released. I didn't. I think it was on like last Tuesday or something. It's like, oh yeah, did you? Oh, hear yeah, they it? got it. They got big banner ads on Netflix when you boot it up. Yeah, I had no idea, and but yeah, there it yeah. is. There it is. Yeah, good fun. I mean, I, the soup was always anyway just kind of you know, popcorn TV, but it's uh, it's nice to have it back. That's all. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. We can move on there from Teleguff to um, some Game Guff. Uh, I picked back up after a few weeks, kind of distracted away from it. I went back to Yakuza Kiwami, uh, and the last time I was playing it, I was a little bit um, tepid on it because hadn't really got to the open world aspect of it yet. Was there was there was there wasn't as much of the goofy comedy as I as I loved in Yakuza Zero, uh, but luckily I seemed to have like dropped off literally just before that started because when I went back to it this week, uh, it picked back up. And I almost immediately came into a side quest where I bumped into a guy outside a titty bar who was like, oh, I can't find my glasses and I can't go into this titty bar and look at the titties without my glasses. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh. and then and my, 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 you know, violent mob, you know, hitman character was like, hmm, I should go find this chap some glasses. Um and I, that was that was just the beginning of the quest. I didn't end up finding them yet, but just watch this space. Um, so yeah, that's good. Uh, playing more of that, uh, and I finally got around to starting something that I've been meaning to play for literally years. I remember playing it when it was like a proof of concept that you could play in your browser on your laptop, uh, and then it finally went through a Kickstarter and it came to Xbox, and then last year it came to PS4. So I finally got to play it, uh, which is super hot. Which is the um, which is a really cool first-person shooter where basically time only moves when your character moves. Uh, uh, that's the gimmick. So it's a kind of a first-person shooter, but it kind of plays like a puzzle game because uh, you can basically stop dead in your tracks at any point 
to uh, kind of get the lay of the land, look around, see which bullets are going where, which enemies have Ooh. what weapons and in what position. And then you can you can begin slowly moving your character, which will cause time to move forward slowly. And that you can literally bob and weave past bullets. Uh, and it's extremely cool. I remember just loving the idea of it years ago when I first saw it. Uh, and the full game is is really awesome. It's currently on sale. If you PlayStation Plus, you can get it for less than a tenner currently. Um, it's really fantastic. It has a, there's a great kind of uh, uh, um, meta plot. The, the the levels are kind of not necessarily strung together. There's no real narrative to the actual shooting aspect of it. But you, you, when you boot the game up, it gives you kind of an old timey early '90s like ASCII black and white computer menu uh, and there's kind of a weird hacking primitive IRC told story where basically you're playing like this weird bootleg game that wasn't originally that wasn't officially released by any companies it's cool they 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 found a, a nice kind of weird techie narrative to weave in between these kind of disconnected levels it's neat so that's a that's a big thumbs up um on super hot uh and uh i played more titanfall 2 which i talked about last week so uh so yeah uh, that's that's it for video games for me this week what about you paul um yeah i've played a, a couple of games i mentioned last week that i started assassin's creed the hidden ones uh which yes. is the, the dlc i've since finished it probably put in about five or six hours in that um, it's more Assassin's Creed. So if you if you enjoy Assassin's Creed and you finished and you did want a little bit more to do, it's it's definitely more of that. It also raises the level cap so you can bump up your uh, your weapons and so on and so forth. Um, so I completed that. I completed again all the locations. I, I'm not exactly going for all the trophies in the in the DLC because I, I already got the platinum for the main game. But uh, definitely enjoyable. It takes place in in a, a very different. Um, uh, location in that the, it's very mountainous, so you're you're you spend a lot more time climbing, and it's different to the main game, which takes place in a more or less very flat area. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's different in in that sense, but uh, enjoy it. It's it's just more of Assassin's Creed. Uh, in terms of storyline, I guess it's it's more Assassin's Creedy in terms of its storyline, because it's all about the. The original Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and blah blah blah, whereas the main game is a little bit more about Egypt and what was going on there. So it's a little bit, a little bit more Assassin's Creed focused, um, but definitely very good. I would say though that the plot is a little bit uh, predictable in in a bad way, like so much so that you, I was playing it and like I can't believe how obvious this plot is, and I like it's so clear where it's going, but still, it still tries to lead you along to make you think. Oh, this is it's, it's it's very very obvious what it does. Um, so finish that. So I'm done with Assassin's Creed now. I think there is one more DLC pack coming, which I probably will play. But for now, I'm done with it. Um, and also, I started Okami HD, which is my next game I'm playing. Uh, Okami, which came out I think originally on the PS2, uh, and was ported to the Wii, and then it's since been remade for the PS3 and remade again for the PS4. I think I'm right in saying that. Um, so I'm playing Okami HD on the PS4. Um, I'm an hour and a quarter in, so I'm still very, very early days. But I definitely do see Zelda 
likenesses already. I would say it almost feels like a mix between something like Wind Waker, because obviously it has very cel-shaded graphics and has that kind of style to it, uh, with a little bit of Paper Mario in terms of how the world is kind of displayed as these. Rather than being one big open world, it's actually very small sections that you kind of explore separately. So Paper Mario was kind of built in the same way. Um, I like it a lot. One thing that's weird about it is, by default, the camera controls are inverted. Um, so you ha- I had to go straight into the... the settings and, and undo that um and the controls and the the camera do take a little bit of time to get used to especially coming off the back of uh a late 2017 slash 2018 game with assassin's creed going straight into okami which is for you know aside from the the, the graphics is essentially a 10 whatever 10 year old game so still getting used to that uh but enjoying it so far um and then I played a bit of Mario Kart with uh, my brother, who was hungover, and my friend, who was hungover. Um, so I won, <laughs> funny enough. Nice. Um, nice. Took the advantage of it. I won that game. Still love Mario Kart, man. Mario Kart's such a great, you know, sit down, pull out the controllers, and, and ha- have a little Grand Prix. We only had two Grand Prix, but... Uh, such a fun game. Again, easily one of my top favorite games of all time, if not like number one. Probably at least top three, top five. Um, <clears throat> tremendous. But yeah, Okami is my new kind of big game that I'm playing. I anticipate I'm probably going to spend the next 30, 40 hours with that. Yeah. How does it uh, hold up looks-wise? I mean, it. I think it, it holds up better based on the fact that the looks are very, very stylized. It's obviously, it's obviously a HD remake. I think some of the character models do kind of look a little bit old. Graphically, it looks nice. Um, but yeah, in terms of character models, character moves, one thing that I don't like about it, by the way, which I meant to bring up, but I forgot, is that it does that Banjo-Kazooie style uh, when characters are talking. It puts the words up on, on the screen and they go, and it just... The the opening cinematic uh, is like twenty minutes long, and it's just that constantly. It's so annoying. Um, but aside from that, a good game so far. <laughs> just that little, just that little annoyance. No, but it, I mean, it looks okay. It looks fine. Um, I also never played the original Okami, so I don't have that, you know, reference point. But um, while appreciating. The style to it, I don't really have a problem with the the graphics. I think it, I think it looks nice. Whereas something like Fallout Three probably doesn't hold up as well today because of the art style of that game. Fair enough. Uh, let me see here. Yes, yeah, so that's all the the video games there for uh, today. Move on to move. The guff. Uh, I saw a movie last night. Uh, it was the last of the uh, actually maybe not the last one of the last 2017 films I wanted to see. Uh, finally came out here. You know, weird, weird four month delay from when it was released in the states. But uh, I saw Lady Bird in uh, the cinema. All right, which which was a bloody tremendous film. Okay. Uh, absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, I didn't really know anything about it. I don't think I, I, don't think I watched a trailer for this film. Um, 
I didn't really hear anything about it other than like the general concept of what it was and that it was highly acclaimed. And so I was like, all right, that's good enough for me. I'll, I'll go in cold on it. And so I wasn't quite sure what to make of it in the first few minutes, but uh, it quickly uh, it quickly won me round. Uh, obviously, I'm sure most people listening to this are aware of what it is. is it, have either of you talked about it on this show? Am I, like, did you watch I, it? I've seen it. I've seen it. I've, I've talked about it, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, it's kind of a you know, coming of age story about uh, about a sort of a teenager in her final year of high school, getting ready for college, and uh, and what have you, and all the all the the strife and conflict that goes along with that. Uh, it was really it was the best way. The one word I could just use to describe it was that it was it was lovely. It was really lovely. It was it was funny and charming and and endearing, and it had you know it, it was a comedy drama, and it was about kind of uh, a difficult relationship between like a mother and daughter, but it wasn't like a traumatic film if you know what i mean like it wasn't um uh like like brutal in any kind of way even though it was this really real feeling believable relatable you know (sighs) troubled relationship between these two characters um uh it was just it was really tremendous it was there were there were you know there was lots of great um humor It, it it felt it felt very light. It, it really breezed past. There was a part towards the end where obviously you could feel it was it was ending, and I was my in my gut. I was just like I I would watch, like I, I obviously it wouldn't be as special, but like I would watch like a Netflix show or something following just this character, like through the the next few years of her life. If it was obviously written and directed by the same person, um, like I I didn't want it to end. It was so it was so fun just watching it so yeah that was, that was really fantastic it was like my i think i i did up a a list of my favorite films from last year and i just immediately put it in at number two i think um uh yeah loved it loved it loved it loved it, loved it. yeah well i consider i consider it a 2018 movie because it came out in ireland i haven't seen anything else but uh, <laughs> huge recommendation well no 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 2020 2017 I, I put i put moonlight at the top of my 2016 list because that's when it came out well not not uh, Ireland, not where you live but all right so yeah well i mean you know you know yeah you know you know you know um yeah Bird, i think is i have it at number two for 2018 um behind only coco i'm yeah, in love coco. <laughs> lady bird no no um yeah I think I think uh the the airport scene was my favorite scene of, in Lady Bird. Um Yes. That got that that got me a little bit cuz I can relate to that having having you know, Yeah. My my own personal life. Um I do feel like the oh god this is such a Paul Griffin fucking cliche. I feel like it dragged on a little bit like the last 5 10 minutes I don't know if they were really, oh really necessary because I feel like it had the film had this really emotional kind of peak but then it just goes on for another 10 minutes where she's like ambling around and nothing really happens and the movie ends maybe if it ended 5 minutes earlier I might have been a little more been a little bit more hot on it but I didn't I didn't think it was very good for sure and it is lovely and uh it's definitely very real, even though like parts of it are very funny and um, some characters are a little bit eccentric. But I, I think I think it's definitely a relatable movie. I think everybody will be able to relate to it on a certain level. Yeah, I definitely. certainly could. Right. Um, well, Oscars are next Sunday, the fourth of March, if I'm correct. Oscars. 
March 4. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I have one week to finish my Oscar movie. So I, I, I watched three more this week. I have five to go. Okay. Uh, the five that remain are Loving Vincent, which is uh, best uh, animated film. I have The Breadwinner, which is also best animated film. I have All the Money in the World, which is for uh, only for best supporting actor. I have Roman J. Israel Esquire, which is best actor. And then Phantom Thread, which is nominated for like four awards. Uh, so they're the four I've left. I'm ideally going to... Uh, get them done by Sunday. Although I, I, I'm definitely kind of focusing more on the non-animated ones. Because uh, I figure if, if I do miss one or two, then I can watch them the next day. But uh, luckily, there's no footy next weekend. The, the, the United match isn't until uh, Monday. So that frees up my weekend for uh, getting whatever one or two last films done. Um, loving the footy today, by the way, Joe. So straight from footy to uh, tender gay films, I watched a, <laughs> a film this week <laughs> called Call Me By Your Name, uh, which stars uh, Army Hammer, and uh, it stars also that kid from, what was he in? Fuck. I picture him now. He was in um me, me, you and me or something. No, he was in uh oh, something else. Oh fuck. Hang on. He was in Ladybird. He was in Ladybird. <laughs> he was the um the boyfriend in Ladybird who ironically uh is not the gay one. And but in this oh, movie the other one. but in this movie he's gay, so <laughs> whatever. Um oh. makes you wonder, makes you wonder what he is in real life, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it makes you think, doesn't it? it makes you think about it it. the whole think. the whole nature of like yeah. acting and yeah. Oh, oh he was in Interstellar as well. Oh, was he? he? Was the boyfriend in that? Oh. He was the gay boyfriend in Interstellar? <laughs> he was the gay boyfriend. <laughs> he was the big gay brood. <laughs> anyway, he played young young Paul Griffin in that movie. Well, hang on now. Why why are you alluding to? You were in it with the, your beard. Mm. Oh, I also am gay, right. so I don't mind. Um, <laughs> and a boyfriend. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the gay boyfriend. Um, why do you think I the, I was the beard in the movie? You got it? Um, uh, anyway, enough silliness. Call Me By Your Name is... First of all, it's a very good movie. It, I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen... Like before sunrise, before sunset, or any of those movies, the Richard yeah. Linklater ones, very similar to those. I mean, it does take place in in Europe as well, it gives it a certain European feel that those movies have. Because I think the first before movie is in Vienna, and the second one's in Paris. Uh, this movie takes place in Italy, in northern Italy, and uh, the film is about a relationship, like almost like a crush that develops between a seventeen-year-old boy. And uh, and his father's like work assistant. I think his father is like uh, either an anthropologist or like an archaeologist or something like that. And um, he 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 has the the boy has this kind of straight relationship with it with a French girl, 
but it, it's kind of like a facade. It's kind of like a lie. And he he starts this kind of fascination with the American the American man, who's again played by Army Hammer from from Social Network and from uh, I think it was in that Lone Ranger movie that came out a few years ago. Um, oh God! And the movie kind of what makes it work so much is that it's very kind of subtle about everything. The movie's better when when the characters are kind of tiptoeing around the elephant in the room. Like even conversations that they have are very kind of alluding and. Uh, they, they, they're like both. Both of them are kind of hesitant to to call a spade a spade and say what's kind of happening. And that's when the film, I think, is at, is at its best. There are some scenes that are, are a little too blatant, on the other hand, and I feel like that's the the kind of weaker stuff in the movie. Um, like one of my favorite scenes is where the the boy kind of comes out and lays the cards on the table to Army Hammer, and even that is done in a kind of subtle, uh, more more kind of nods and winks way. And um, and it's just this, the the film is the story of that kind of relationship and how it develops over over this one summer in Italy, and um, the best the best parts of the film are at the very end. I don't want to spoil them, obviously, but there's a conversation between the uh, the the son and his father uh, where they kind of retrospectively talk about the summer. That scene is very very good. Um, Long time Boardwalk Empire fan. Uh, I obviously love that Michael Stuhlbarg is in it. He plays the boy's father. He's excellent in it. Probably, like, I've seen Stuhlbarg is in, uh, he was in Shape of Water. I think he was in one of the other Oscar nominees, which I can't really think of off the top of my head, but he's in this, and he's he's fantastic in it as well. He's, he's in everything now, these days, Michael Stuhlbarg. Um, uh, he was in The Post as well, is what the third one was. Um, and he's great. And then, the the credits as they play actually play over a scene rather than just be, you know fade to black credits, mm-hmm. and that's also one of the kind of the most powerful parts of the, mo- of the movie. So, um, I really enjoyed it. I give it an eight out of ten. I I didn't really connect to it on a on a you know I I kind of went in expecting it like to be emotionally all over the place watching it, but it kind of isn't that kind of movie. It's more of a it's more of a kind of slow. It's it's not a movie like like um like Lovebird, which has kind of more clear emotional ups and downs. It's kind of just more a a thing that happens in the in the sense that kind of the 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 before films are as well. Uh, but very very good. Uh, I then watched Molly's Game, which is the, uh, Ar- the Aaron Sorkin movie, his first yeah. uh, directorial one, and uh, it's very long. <laughs> it's two hours twenty. Um. Yeah. And it kind of suffers from, but also succeeds by how how Aaron Sorkin it is. Like I feel like a lot of Sorkin's projects kind of have the same problems and the same strengths. Um, like Newsroom, I watched only the first series of because I kind of got tired of it very quickly. But I remember yeah, that that shy. I remember that first episode of Newsroom where <laughs> where Jeff Daniels is giving the speech, and I thought that scene was like great, you know. But as yeah. as it as the, as the series went on, I just found like. Too many of the characters are just fucking razor sharp comedians with like witty lines back and forth, and um, Molly's game kind of suffers from from that same problem of having characters who are themselves not super interesting, uh, but who always have like a snappy line to say. And there is one one really interesting character in the movie. The movie, by the way, is about this this uh, uh, Olympic skier hopeful who somehow. 
uh, through just a series of coincidences, basically, um, organizes like one of the highest stakes poker game in the world. This is like a true story as well. There's a, well, allegedly, but there's, there's, it's based on a book written by this lady, Molly Bloom, and she would have like Hollywood stars, like in, in her book, people like Ben Affleck, Leonardo DiCaprio are like named in it. Also Russian mafia, Italian mafia involved. And uh, there's this one character called Player X in the movie who is very strongly believed to be based on Tobey Maguire. Um, which, really? Yeah, which gives this whole extra layer of super like interestingness to the movie. Because he's like this horrible person and like delight, wow. delights in like destroying people's lives at poker. Um, unfortunately, he just disappears halfway through the movie. Um, so he's only in kind of the first half of the movie. And the second half is more about her dealings with the FBI and indictments based on this whole mm. arrangement because the involvement of the various mafias. Um, it's not as, it's, it's, let's say better than I thought it was going to be. Cause it, I saw, I remember seeing the trailers like five times and never wanted, wanting to see it. Um, the first half is very good. The, the player X, by the way, is played by Michael Sarah. So it's, it's <laughs> fortunately they couldn't get Maguire in to play the role. Um, but he's definitely got like a sliminess to it. And, and with a quick Google search, you can find out kind of who the the different players are are based on. That definitely makes the movie kind of more interesting. But the second half is just not as not as you know gripping, and it kind of loses loses way. Also because it's it's two hours twenty long. It's like that that's a big second half to not really care about. Uh, and then finally, I watched Mudbound. Mudbound, which is a Netflix exclusive. Which I didn't know. I didn't know that it was, but it is apparently. Yeah. Um, which stars uh, Mike from Breaking Bad. Uh, okay. As well as lots of that that guy from Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, whose name I don't remember. <laughs> um, with the big forehead, whatever his name is. Um, <laughs> what? 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 You're really painting a picture for me here. <laughs> he was like the main guy in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, the second Planet of the Apes movie. Oh, I know the guy, but I don't know his name. Uh, Jason Clark is his name, apparently. Jason Clark. Jason Clark. If you look him up, you'll know his face. But he's one of those guys. Oh, that who, guy. Oh, who's, who, yeah, he's in it. Um, and Mudbound is is very similar to Loving from last year, uh, with of course Ireland's Ruth Negga in it. Um, did either of you guys see Loving? I don't remember. No, I have a DVD and a digital copy, and I still haven't watched it. <laughs> It's very, it's very similar to Loving, but instead of being about a relationship, it's about these two families that kind of have to coexist on this farm. One white family, one black family. Michelle Williams is in it as well. She's very, very good in it. Um, uh, Mary J. Blige is in it. And she's great. She actually got an Oscar nomination for this movie. Really? She's like the standout in it. Yeah, she's actually fantastic in it. Um, All right, don't be, don't be so surprised. Don't be racist. No, I... <laughs> No, because I've, obviously I've, I haven't seen her in a movie before. I know her for her songs. Um, yeah. She's actually really, really good. Um, and the story of these two sons from the respective families who both go to fight in the Second World War and who kind of return to this like changed America. And it's uh, It was actually way better than I thought it was going to be because I was expecting, based on the past Netflix exclusive films I've watched, uh, a stinker. Um, yeah. And I expect it to be very boring because I... I feel like I, I I seen a trailer of it and it just kind of seemed very by the numbers and I feel like as well uh, the whole 
Um, like in the last few years, we've had like Moonlight and we've had Loving and we've had Fences and we've had these like standout great movies which dealt with kind of oppression of black people around the, like the early 1900s to the mid 1900s. And I just feel like how many more of those movies about the exact same like point can I see without being, without them all kind of blending into one another or without getting kind of jaded by it. But this one definitely didn't take that same kind of angle about it. Although there was um, the, the Mike uh, Ehrmantraut actor, whose name I have no idea what it really is, but he is, he's in it. And he plays the kind of, I, I would I would, I would not go as far as to say over the top because I know that there are people who did exist like this and still do to an extent. But he's kind of the over the top racist pappy who's like N word here and there all over the place. And uh, whatever, just the way that he was portrayed in the movie did seem a little bit like, you know, pantomime villain. Like it was, it was too blatantly like he's the bad racist old man. And then one of my least favorite. Um, tropes in these movies by the way in in movies that are about uh whether it's 12 years a slave or again m- more recently movies like uh the ones that I, I listed a second ago uh, my, my my least favorite trope is the uh the white person who's nice to black people and oh aren't they oh gosh are they such yeah. a hero <laughs> you know and this yeah. film this film has a little bit of that where there's the the, the son who comes back from from the war is like the the the, the one good not white person in the world um, because I feel like a two. That's mid- why. That's why I like Get Out so much because it's like well, Moonlight as well. Moonlight doesn't have that, but Moonlight's also more about um, more I guess sexual orientation more so than yeah. Than Mo- Moonlight's kind of just a a. But I mean, the reason I mentioned Get Out is because like, Moonlight's just more kind of just like about. I mean, it's modern whereas, as well. It's not a it's not a period piece. Whereas Get Out is about racism, but it's not. Uh, Hicks saying the n-word well I guess 50 million the, times. the thing is a lot of these movies feel like they're they're about racism from the white point of view as opposed to racism from the black point of view which Get Out is is right yeah because uh, Mudbound is based on a book written by a white woman so <laughs> um, I, I, I just feel like that's, that's too often a thing in these movies is is the sympathetic white person to save the day. It seems, uh, yeah, seems like it's often the, the thing, and that, that kind of turns me off a little bit. But uh, overall, aside from that one point, the movie is actually really good. So if you have Netflix, I would recommend you check it out. It's very, very good. Uh, Mary J. All Blige right. definitely deserving of her uh, nomination. I would even say um, that uh, Michelle Williams should have maybe also been nominated. I think she's also very good in it. Um, and I give that an 8 out of 10 as well and that's the movies that I watched this week fair enough uh, Joe did you see any movies uh, only really one I watched um, that Obama documentary The Final Year okay. um, I won't really review it because I, I didn't kind of watch it fully I was doing the washing up and also okay. it was really boring more boring even relative to the washing up wow I mean yeah, in a way. I, if you're going to watch an Obama documentary, the, the HBO one that follows his election uh, from 2009 is, is awesome. and I really love that documentary. It's called By, By the People. Uh, so yeah, watch that instead. It's better. Fair uh, enough. Yeah, that's what, I've, that's what I've seen this week. 
Um, I did up. I did up. Uh, I don't know if you've done one yet, Paul, but I did a, a 2017 list favorite films from the well, year. Of course, now that of I've course seen. I have my list. Yeah. Do you have your list? Of course. My on your letterbox. Yeah, 2017. 48 <laughs> films on it. Oh jeez, my mine only has 17, but I I wasn't ranking everything I saw. Right. Um, okay. I just I just did, oh you mean literally just eight, your favorites? Yeah, just just my favorites. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so like I got at seventeen, I got Atomic Blonde, uh, oh. then sixteen, Thor Ragnarok, and it's you know Wonder Woman, Good Time, Baby Driver, Ingrid Goes West. I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Uh, and then at ten, I had If. Did you, did you end up seeing it? I did. I did you like it? it? Yeah. Uh, nine, I had Spider Man. Eight, I had The Big Sick. Seven, I had John Wick. Six, War Planet of the Apes. Five, A Ghost Story. Uh, four, Star Wars. Three, Get Out. Two, Lady Bird. And one, Logan. Um, That's a good list. Although I, 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 I still gonna, haven't seen a lot of the ones you've seen, unfortunately. A lot. Ghost Story and stuff like that. I definitely want to see. I think you'll, I think you'll love Ghost Story. Um, I'll, give you, I'll give you my 10 to one here. Um, go on. 10 at La La Land, which is maybe a controversial one. Um, no, I love it. Uh, 9, John Wick 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, 8, Star Wars, Last Jedi. 7, 20th Century Women. Uh, 6, The Big Sick. 5, Blade Runner, 2049. 4, Logan. 3, Get Out. 2, I have Moonlight, but I know you had Moonlight in 2016. Number 1, Mother... Oh, that's probably the most controversial one you have is Mother at one, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say some people have that down at the number 50, Mother. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. I, yeah, I should probably watch it. I have uh, also Boss Baby in number 33. Oscar, <laughs> Oscar nomination. Uh, also, yeah, look, I loved La La Land. People like to pick on La La Land. I like La La Land. I don't see that. I thought La La Land was oh, lovely. I also have that as a 2016 one, so that's why it's not on my list. But no, I, okay, okay, that okay. that and Moonlight were my one and two for that year. They were both last fantastic. last year was really good because I have like eight out of tens down as far as like number twenty. You know, it's like um, yeah. So I I, I I look at this list and I was like, yeah, that was a, a great year for films. Um, it definitely was. It definitely was. Uh, aside oh, aside so, from the few stinkers that came out. You know, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, I, not on my list. I didn't have you know Justice League. Uh, Justice uh, League was number forty-one for me of last year. Yeah, I'm trying to think what was what was I'm, I again? I don't you know. I pick and choose when I go and see. I don't try and see. You know, I don't. I tend not to go to see something if I know it's going to be terrible. I'm going to look here. What were some of the worst films I saw in 2017? Um, I mean, Ghost in the Shell. I like that more than most people, so I wouldn't put that on there. Um, I'll give you I'll, give you I'll give you my countdown of my top 10 worst movies how about that go on uh, number 10 this is counting towards the worst number 10 Murder on the Orient Express uh, just just missing out number 11 was The Disaster Artist which I gave 2 stars uh, Murder on the Orient Express Fate of the Furious mm. uh, Justice League Geostorm Wind River Hacksaw Ridge Ferdinand The Snowman Death Note and at number 1 The Mummy Oh yeah, yeah. See, I didn't see really any of those. Um, Good, so, yeah. they sucked. Uh, yeah, I I saw Disaster Artist. I was I was bang in the middle with that one. I thought it was just a, a fun three star thing. I thought I think everyone crowing about award season for that film. I don't know what crack they were smoking watching that film. <laughs> uh, I I thought it was a just all right fun little thing. 
Um, I, the, oh yeah, I'm, I'm looking here. The, the only outright terrible film, like I saw some forgettable stuff, like Happy Death Day, I liked, but I, I think most people will be bored to tears by it. Kingsman sequel, you know, uh, you know, Justice League. I didn't even think was like a farcical embarrassment. I just thought it was boring. Um, the only really bad film I think I saw was the Pirates of the Caribbean film uh, last mm-hmm. year, um, which was a really, really, really lazy, lame, boring facsimile of, of a once great franchise um so yeah uh that's 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 a wrap on all our, our, our 20 onwards and upwards with the 2018 um uh movies uh and whatnot so uh i'm looking here at the list of done games movies tv no emails this week um so i guess we can jump straight in to the wrestling news and the various wrestling talk. Um, is this the last show we'll have before OTT? Uh, yeah, it's next weekend, of course. But um, that being said, neither of us are going to be there in person. So we, w- although, oh, yeah. although it's the last show before OTT, it won't be the last show before we actually watch it. So we'll have another podcast yeah. next week where we can... Yeah, so we, we probably we probably don't even have to uh, uh, to bother <laughs> to preview uh, a show that we won't be at. No, yeah, and I, I, I you know, not, I think we've we've you know we've talked about it on previous weeks, but I, you know, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. Like I would like, to, I'm sure Zack Saber Junior versus David Starr will be tremendous. Yeah, uh, I'm sure the Haskins that the Devlin and Kings of the North versus Haskins and Aussie Open, I'm sure will be awesome, but. It's such a weird kind of hodgepodge match that I don't, um, uh, I don't feel like I'm kind of truly missing out on anything, and and the Martina stuff, obviously. Uh, yeah, so I it's probably a bit of wrestling news there factor into the OTT thing is that uh, Martina is going to stardom in Japan Ooh. for a few months, um, which means she will be uh, out of <laughs> Martina, holder of two of OTT's titles, by the way. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm so I'm as as much as I wouldn't be interested in watching it. I'm curious what the result of this gender neutral championship thing will be with Pete Dunne. Um, I don't know that he. I, I don't know that <laughs> this is the type of thing WWE want their UK champion doing. But I I guess he just wins it. Or that I mean, Martina's going to be on the Gaff Party show as well, so they might hold yeah. off in a month, and then maybe would they crown a new women's title or champion at the Defiant show? Maybe. So I so my yeah the the theory I'm going with is that she's either injured or Humperdinck just outright strips her and says uh, like what a fucking the nail in the coffin of the title that would be though. Oh god, or maybe he maybe he wouldn't strip her. But the, the announcement, you know, they make an announcement that the Defiant show is a one night tournament, um, and she has to defend it, and she can be eliminated early or something. New champion. I mean, Ginny's going to be there, and if they can get Ginny consistently through the summer, she would be a perfect uh, uh, women's champion to have on those shows. Um, but yeah, so don't know what they're going to do. Again, the gender neutral thing—they can throw it on whoever, give it to Pete. He can. But again, like I, I, I don't know. It's it's a it's a weird situation, but uh, yeah. So I'm still, it's it's still you know, good luck to her. That's that's good news. I mean, anytime an Irish act gets gets uh, a tour of Japan is is a cool thing. Um, other other wrestling news this week. Just breaking earlier today. I don't know if you've seen this. Have you seen Paige Paige's new tattoo? I have. What oh, a what a weird one that is. 
I don't know if it's how permanent. Have you seen this, Joe? Is. Have you seen the tattoo? No. What's happening? She got get, talk get shit, get bit tattooed on her hands. <laughs> so, Paige, on 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 this on, like, put, if put oh, your hand put your hand up and close it as a fist, right? On the underside of the hand, basically the other side to where the thumb is, she has on one of them talk shit, and the other one get bit. What are they going to do? Have her wear gloves on TV going forward? She well, does yeah, anyway, doesn't she? Right. Does she wear gloves anyway, Paige? Uh, no. Oh, you might be thinking of Emma. Um, well, Emma's gloves were so small that they wouldn't cover the tattoo anyway. <laughs> okay. um, I, I have a picture here of her with gloves on. I know that typically oh, she doesn't wear gloves, but that might be something they might reintroduce. Then. Although, to be fair, she could wear gloves and it's no real... Um... um it's not like, oh my no god, way. what a gimmick change, brother. No, but it's, it's more like, if she has to wear gloves for every... Oh. You there, Joe? Yep. Barry? Barry, are you there? I sent you a picture of Paige with gloves on. Barry, come back. Barry, come back. All right, Joe. What, what do you make of Paige potentially wearing gloves? Um, um, well, I think this could uh, turn out to be one of the biggest stories of 2018, to be honest. <laughs> Whether <laughs> Paige will indeed wear gloves on telly or not. Um... It's an interesting decision. Hello, Hello Barry. Let's get the word shit tattooed on your hand. Yeah. Um, I could just put makeup over it, I suppose. Mm. Uh. So, Barry, you're you're saying about Paige's tattoos. Oh, yeah. Um, they haven't confirmed if she's officially retired, have they, WWE? No. Yeah, so it would yeah, be, so, yeah. be a good time for that announcement to come out. Yeah, or, or maybe they don't know themselves, but uh, she's indefinitely, you know, out of action. So, eh, I'll throw some gloves on. It's not like I'm going to have to like work with them on. Um, I can't wait for her episode of Superstar Inc. <laughs> so, tell us about the meaning of uh, talk shit, get bit. What's that, what's that mean? Um. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, elsewhere in the news, we had uh, quite an unusual development, not something I was expecting anytime soon. Uh, the latest edition of the WWE Hall of Fame class this year is T. Any great? It's Jeff Jarrett. Um, what a weird one. What, a very, very weird one. Um, for a number of reasons, uh, I'm wondering if perhaps the dialogue was first opened up between them when he went on their sponsored rehab um, late last year, I believe it was earlier this year. Yeah. Uh, when 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 Jeff was having his various alcohol-related issues, uh, he went to rehab and apparently was on WWE's dime, which is interesting because Jared, I don't know, is someone who is exactly I don't know that he's strapped for cash. I've never gotten that impression. 
Um, but maybe he just felt like that was, you know, if, if the offer is there, why not? Um, Jarrett, for those not in the know, famously has had beef with Vince McMahon for nearly two decades. Um, uh, 1999, he left the company and he basically, what was it? His, uh, his contract technically expired the day before the pay-per-view where yeah. he was supposed to lose to China. So he said, I'll come in and I'll lose. But it was what, 250,000 is the alleged, alleged yeah. number. A quarter of a million dollars is what he allegedly basically extorted out of Vince McMahon. Um, uh, and, and brought that with him on, on his way out. Um, and that's like, same with the ultimate warrior. It's like, if there's one thing that will get you beef with Vince McMahon for a decade plus, it's extorting him out of money. Uh, you know, it's, he can forgive a lot of things, but he takes a while to forgive any money related scamming. Um, I think it's more that Vince doesn't like that, you know, people go against their word. I think Vince is, Vince is probably a very big, uh, man of your word person yeah handshake deals and all that yeah, jazz yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> which is why I screwed Bret Hart even though he had crazy <laughs> yeah god damn it um, so so yeah Jeff's going in um, what was interesting was Triple H had a tweet where he made some allusion to Jeff's contributions to wrestling in terms of uh, uh, helping talent grow which makes me wonder, I wonder if they're going to get some TNA footage for the video for the Hall of Fame and, and play up that aspect of, of of what his contributions to wrestling were. Yeah, they can just send Chris, uh, Christian down to TNA for another promo. Oh, God. Easy yeah, well, I think TNA's, um, ever since the, their, their current management, their, their attitude is kind of to play nice with everyone. And they worked they worked with the NWA recently, they, you know, for the first time in, in a decade and a half. Uh, also, Dixie Carter appeared on the Kurt Angle documentary on the network, True. which is interesting because I, I, I think I think it really feels like on the WWE side of things, you know, they were cagey about TNA when they were on Spike. But I think they I think on their side, it's so beyond even considering them a threat at mm-hmm. this stage that I think that they'll probably just they'll get some, you know, they'll pay for some footage of here's here's Jeff Jarrett wrestling AJ Styles 15 years ago. Here's Kurt Angle in his years away from WWE. Here's Samoa Joe. Um, you know, because it's not like they're worried that that exposure will <laughs> cause TNA to take over the world. Um, but yeah, interesting. The, uh, the, the beef squashing era of the McMahon dynasty continues. Um, there aren't many left, to my knowledge. Uh, <laughs> it's punk. Just pretty much just CM Punk. He's, he's the big fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I know some reporters I follow on Twitter were sniffing around to see if there was any movement on that uh, lawsuit. Uh, there has not been, but but it's still it's still active. It hasn't been dropped or anything. So another another few years for that one, I think. Uh, just get that lawsuit done and dusted, and then we'll 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 revisit it. But uh, yeah, impact yeah. impact wrestling's Twitter account did tweet a, a congratulatory tweet to Jeff Jarrett. We'd like to congratulate Impact Wrestling founder and Hall of Famer Real Jeff Jarrett on his induction to do, at WWE Hall of Fame. Much deserved. Yeah. There you go. Impact tweeting uh-huh. at WWE. Yeah. Again, there was um, there was a conference call when, uh, when Don Callis took over 
few weeks ago or months ago at this stage. And by the um, way, sorry to cut your crossbow. That's almost five months to the day after they tweeted Impact Wrestling announced today it has terminated its business relationship with Jeff Jarrett and Global Force Entertainment effective immediately. Yeah, and then they found out they didn't have the rights to the Global Force name. <laughs> God. Fucking idiots. Anyway, um, they they did a conference call where they were where they were like, yeah, we're you know we want to work with everyone possible. We're not we're not looking to cut down anyone else in wrestling. And and they've partnered up with a number of indies like Austin Aries has had the like IPW Championship on their TV show. Um, so I think I think they're absolutely looking to to play nice with everyone, which is good. It's just the way to be. It's you know you should, that's you know feuding between promotions has only, has only gotten people so far. Um, uh, and, and as we mentioned earlier, it's not like WWE has anything to be afraid of. Um, so yeah, that was a uh, that was probably the biggest news of the week, to my knowledge. Uh, I watched a bit of wrestling this week. Paul, did you watch or, or Joe? Did you watch the um, the gauntlet match from Raw? The uh, I didn't. The, oh, you no. didn't. Okay. Uh, it was it was cool. So they opened Raw uh, with. Uh, Roman Reigns in the ring uh, facing off against Seth Rollins for a gauntlet match that included basically all the Elimination Chamber participants. And so it started off with Rollins versus Reigns and Rollins won and then John Cena came out and Rollins won that as well. But that was basically the entire first hour of Raw. They basically had two like pay-per-view quality matches back-to-back. The the Reigns one was was good, but not great. The Cena one had a really strong finishing sequence, but there was an awful lot of John Cena holding Seth Rollins in a rest hold for the for the middle of it. But it was a really really tremendous performance. Uh, the I think Rollins' overall time in the ring was an hour and five minutes. Um. And this open draw as well, which is a nice change of pace. So they had he, he got two huge wins, and then Elias ran to the ring and, and did a beat down and kind of made short work of him and pinned him. Um, so uh, Elias was then beaten by Finn. Finn was then beaten by Miz. Miz was then beaten by Braun. Um, and as you'd imagine, those subsequent matches after Rollins was out, they kind of just felt like here's four regular Raw matches in a sequence. That are not especially noteworthy, um, but it was cool. Uh, it was it was like two hours of action to open Raw. It was crazy, um, and Rollins' performance was fantastic. It felt like he was kind of felt like afterwards he was back on on track as a possible top star in WWE because the crowd were going crazy for for his two big matches, and they gave him a big applause when he was leaving. It was it was cool. It was really really cool. Uh, so whether or not that will translate to any kind of uh, different vibe on Raw consistently or not, I wouldn't hold my breath, but uh, but yeah. So if you didn't watch that, that's fine, but I, I, I would recommend, well, it's a tough recommendation because it's two hours, but but it was uh, an, an interesting thing they did. Uh, did you watch NXT? I did watch NXT, and I, I am going to watch um, this week in WWE, so I might stick that on after we finish uh, recording this. Uh, so I will see clips of the uh, the aforementioned uh, gauntlet. I did promise that I was going to start watching this week at WWE, but like I said, yesterday I was out at a concert and today I was watching football and I scrubbed the bathroom floor, so <laughs> I didn't have time to sit down and watch it. In between also watching three movies. But I will watch it and I'll see bits of it. And I did watch NXT. I did watch NXT. It was very good. 
Yeah, so uh, NXT had the main event of Gargano and Almas for Gargano's career. Yeah. Uh, his NXT career, specifically, rather. Um, really great match. Um, yeah, it was It was almost like the uh, the TakeOver one. Obviously, it wasn't as good. It wasn't five stars. But it was almost like the TakeOver one, but they went straight to kind of the the big moves, like, five minutes in. It wasn't, yeah, like, a slow burner like that they one. Also had, they also did the Candice run-in early. Yeah. Um, kind of got that, like, done early um the uh yes yeah, so the match was great not not quite at the level of 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 the of the takeover one as you mentioned but really really fantastic of course champa played a big role in the finish they did a ref bump which it felt like it felt justified it didn't feel like it was it wasn't like an eye rolly uh ref bump um uh gargano had the submission on ref was down champa hit him in the back uh, uh almost got the win and there you go. Um, I didn't mind it, especially because Almas has beaten him clean like three times, basically. Um, yeah. So, so that was so that was Gargano's fight. NXT career is over. Yes, yeah, and I'm curious what that actually means. Um, like, is he going to show up on Raw? I mean, wrestling historically has not a good track record of sticking to stipulations, but I feel like. In 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 Daddy Paul's NXT, yes, it'd be interesting to see how they approach that. Yeah, I just don't see. Um, I don't see how how Triple H would allow them to kind of do a thing where like Gargano's back at the next taping. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, like that he... seems out of character for what he wants NXT to be. Hmm, it's interesting for sure. Yeah, but we, but we'll see. I I, I I think it would be weird for him to move on without having a blow-off match with Ciampa, and, and specifically having it in NXT. That feels like a match that should be done in NXT, because that's where the story was told. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's that's it's an interesting one, but I, that's what's kind of good about it, is it's a bit of a curveball. Um, uh, something a little bit different. Um, and, and I guess it's it, there's intrigue there, because you're not certain what's going to happen. Um, with with this one, so yeah. Uh, anything else on the show you wanted to talk about? I thought it was a fairly by the numbers edition of, of NXT. Other than that, um, yeah, I'm trying to think. It was I mean, there was a there was a Velveteen Dream match. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was just a squash match, basically with uh, uh, no, uh, no way Jose. No way Jose. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, how long has he been around? By the way, no way Jose with no. Upward movement, what uh, whatsoever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the it was it was kind of a show built around the main event for all intents and purposes. Um, nicely, Velveteen Dream. Anyway. Um, yeah, I feel like this this probably will lead to a little bit more focus on Candice as a as a wrestler. I could I could potentially see down the line like. Uh, a Candice versus Zelina Vega match, where if, if Candice wins, you know, it'll be like a double or nothing. Like, if I lose, I'm gone as well. But if I win, Johnny's back. So, something like that. Probably is, is where Yeah. Um, NXT, anyway, is just such an easy watch because it's only an hour long. And it's like, God, it, it, in one hour of NXT, even though it's it's taped in like, you know, Impact Wrestling style, 
day chunks. It just has so much like more energy to it than an episode of SmackDown does, where it's just so um, sterile and so frigid. It's like I, I so much more enjoy NXT right now, and that's still with the big guns on the horizon still haven't arrived yet. So I'm very much looking forward to the next couple of months in NXT. Yeah, um, especially after WrestleMania, because I feel like that's where we're going to start to see your war machines and your your ricochets really start to kind of appear and you know become kind of part of the the NXT furniture where where some of the maybe more stale acts like maybe your Noah Jose will be called up to be a Ty Dillinger level SmackDown jobber be a, a good <laughs> on SmackDown yeah <laughs> That's one about NXT, one thing about NXT that I feel like they actually do pretty well is they they will move along not only the the big acts who kind of you know your Nakamura's and your Finn Balor's but sometimes they'll also move along some of the, some of the more dead wood just to kind of keep things fresh in NXT which I appreciate. Yeah. Uh, I did not watch two hundred five live this week. Um, so uh, I guess I guess that's our our, our WWE uh, TV breakdown for this week. We'll talk a little bit here about Elimination Chamber. Uh, I'm gonna try and watch it uh, tomorrow. Um, eh, it's an okay looking card here. I'm, I'll probably uh, watch the two chamber matches at least. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Pre-show match: Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson versus the Miz Taraj. No way, baby. Not getting me to watch that one. Um, <laughs> we got the Raw Tag Team Championship: uh, Cesaro and Sheamus versus Apollo. Just Apollo now. Yeah, because uh, the sugar was something crazy. Yeah, what a what a stupid fucking reason that is. I can't wait to, to see the new Mission Possible as well with Tom <laughs> and, and Penelope. Uh, Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, big big film Tom. Um, but anyway, uh, Apollo and Titus O'Neil. Uh, <laughs> Wasn't Apollo in TNA? Wasn't that another wrestler's name? That was a. Uh, Wasn't that Xavier Woods? No, that was Consequences Creed. Hang on, let me look. Wasn't there? Wasn't there an Apollo? Creed? Oh wait, no, no Apollo. You're. <laughs> Wasn't there an Apollo Creed? Whoops. Wow! <laughs> Got my cultural uh, things mixed up. Um, Apollo is uh, was a wrestler. Uh, apparently, Herman Figueroa was apparently uh, a wrestler called Apollo from from TNA. Not Herman. Well, it's it's spelled G E R M A accent N. Oh, weird. Her- Herman. Um, but anyway, it's the Titus Worldwide versus the Bar. Uh, I don't know what to expect out of this because it's got Titus in it. Um, uh, probably him going out, out, out. Yeah, I like. I, I kind of like the that team. They got Dana Brooke as a manager, which is all right. Um, you know, it, it's given it's given Apollo a little something to do, but. Uh, I don't suspect them to beat the bar, and also, like I said, the match could be great because the bar are great and Apollo's good. But uh, who knows? Who knows what uh, what what this will be? 
we have I don't know why this is happening. We have uh Woken Matt Hardy versus uh Bray Wyatt once again. Oof. Um for reasons that are not clear. Uh, I assume I assume Bray Wyatt just squashes him again. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Tough tough to muster a take, I know. Oscar yeah. <laughs> um, versus Nia Jax. Oscar, uh, unfortunately, had a segment on Raw that was quite abysmal. She had an in ring segment with Renee Young where she had to talk in English for about five minutes um, and not just say nobody is ready for Oscar and, and the other kind of stuff. She got, she got by by saying, for some inexplicable reason, even though they already had a two-hour wrestling match on this show, it's not like it's not like they were stuck for content. They uh, they had to have Asuka in there talking for an extended period of time, and it was very bad. Yeah, her English is uh, is not as good as like Nakamura's, for example. No, and it's like like it shouldn't matter, and it, like it doesn't matter to me. I, I I don't like think she has to speak uh, mm. English, but they it. Ex- I like it's just a weird WWE mentality thing of her having to do this. So basically, Renee was like uh, asking her all the kind of cliche questions that the WWE announcers ask everyone. And Asuka, you know, she initially kind of said something that was fine. Like, but then the second question, like, I honestly could, and I'm not trying to ridicule her, but I honestly couldn't even couldn't even guess what the second sentence was. And people started wanting her and heckling. Oh, uh, and, and they came out. And then, sorry, Nia Jax came out, uh, and they had a brief fight, and Jax laid her out, and like I think splashed her, and then Jax stood up over her pro body and put her arms out to welcome a chorus of booze, and everyone cheered. Oh, yeah. uh, so the raw push of Asuka is going well. Uh, the stipulation for this match, though, is if Nia Jax wins, she's added the Asuka's to Asuka's championship match at WrestleMania. Um, so my gut instinct says obviously she loses, but what if she wins? Oh no! What if what if MVP beat Ric Flair <laughs> or, Ke- or Kennedy match. on that one match? Yeah, <laughs> God, imagine. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think she will. But they're building but up Oscar. She wins the Rumble. She goes for that big WrestleMania match, and she loses to Nia Jax on the Elimination Chamber before. That'd be hilarious. I don't think so. Somehow, unless they're completely what? clueless. No, no, no. no, no. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, maybe if Road Dog was booking Raw. No, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Poor Road Dog. And then, he, then he'd be on Twitter defending it all night. <laughs> oh, you didn't know. Uh, so, so yeah, that's that. Uh, see here, there will be a Ronda Rousey contract signing. Oh yeah. Baby, now you got my attention. <laughs> I, I'm curious what the reaction will be uh, to that. I, I this, 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 this is Floyd Mayweather all over again, basically, isn't it? Why? Well, they brought him in as babyface originally. A, uh, a, 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 a giant arsehole who's that he was. He was the ba- he was the the babyface, and Big Show was the heel, and then people just didn't. People just hated Floyd Mayweather, so they had to kind of flip it around and make Big Show the face. This huge wrestler monster gets a tiny boxer man. So yeah, yeah. They, they're coming yeah, to think this of, is, 
This is arguably worse though, because like Ronda is going to be with them full time. Um, so, uh, so, so who knows? I'm, I'm curious what the crowd reaction will be. Obviously, she was going to get a good reaction at the Royal Rumble, but is uh, Johnny Average pay per view attendee going to be one of these people who's like, I'm a boo MMA people, boo part timers? What are you getting out with your accent there, Barry? I don't know because this show's in Las Vegas. It's actually in Paradise, Nevada. Oh. I don't know what that is. Well, they keep marketing so it in Las Vegas. They're not even in Vegas. They're in one of the shitty towns next to Vegas. They're, they're doing that thing where they call it New York slash New Jersey. It's like, no, you're yeah. just in New Jersey. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so yeah, that, that, that would be interesting. She's signing a Raw contract. Uh, or that that is the story. So So I guess there's speculation that she could do a, a Batista... Uh, thumbs down and, uh, and go to Smackdown I would like that not because I like Smackdown because I don't obviously but it's been it's such a fucking stupid story that she shows up and she's just there was never any speculation on where she would go it was just Raw announced oh she's coming here and she's signing the contract at Elimination Chamber so it would be nice if there was like a swerve and she uh, 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 went to Smackdown but I don't know and I, I can't say I really care either uh, about where she ends up uh, let me see here. We have the first ever women's elimination chamber match. Uh, Alexa Bliss defending the Raw Championship, the Raw Women's Championship against Bailey, Mandy Rose, Mickey James, Sasha Banks, Sonia Deville. Um, I think there's uh, uh, a good chance this is good. I'm curious to see what uh, Mandy and Sonia do. They're the only kind of sort of non proven people, I'd say, in this match in terms of bell to bell. Uh, uh, but I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it'll be good. Uh, I wonder how tough it'll be to, like, throw some of these very tidy people through the, the quote-unquote bulletproof glass. Because uh, Sasha Banks, like, looks like she would, like, she barely, I, I, like, she looks like she wouldn't break a table if she was to fall off a 20-foot ladder through it, you know? Hmm. Um, Maybe they'll have special thin lady glass. <laughs> uh, and Alexa Bliss as well is just this tiny little tiny little person. It'll just uh, be clean I... film. <laughs> oh, oh my god, throw that clean <laughs> film. It's getting <laughs> everywhere. Um, they could just have yeah. no, no glass in the in the pods. <laughs> just mime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Anyway, uh, that should be all right. Um, let me see here. Uh, so yeah, that I'm not sure what I think the main event will probably be the men's match. Although they they might put the women's match on it depending on if the obvious result is happening in the men's match, people will probably boo it. So they might put the women's match on because people won't boo the women's match. But uh, virtue like match. signaling and wrestling companies, oh, yeah, fucking woke wrestling entertainment. <laughs> um. The men's match then is uh, it's the first ever seven man uh, elimination chamber. So dumb, so dumb. Uh, yeah. So I've got. <laughs> I'm guessing they start with three people in the ring. I uh, imagine so. Or it's like it's like some fucking WCW 2000 thing where they two start in the ring, four start in the pods, and like one person's on the roof and he has to get in somehow. Stick Braun uh, and Elias <laughs> in the same pod. <laughs> uh, 
so the match is Braun Strowman versus Elias versus Finn Balor versus John Cena versus Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins versus The Miz. Uh, stupid number aside, I think this could be one of the best chambers in a while. Um, I think that uh, yeah, that a lot of good people in it. A lot of good people in it. I think, you know, Elias has come on in, in leaps and bounds lately. Braun Strowman, this is a perfect match for him, throwing people around, throwing them off chambers, through chambers, all that. Uh, obviously, uh, Miz, Cena, Roman, uh, and Seth, and Finn are going to, are you know, they're great. You know, they're going to have a great match. Uh, yeah, should be great. And the winner of this match, by the way, uh, is facing the Universal Champion. That's what's on the line of this one. Look forward to it. So hopefully, hopefully it'll be as good as we wanted it to be. Let's say it will. Uh, I'm curious how they're if he's not winning, which I don't think he is. I'm curious how they're they're beating Braun here. Um, ten finishers, I'd imagine everyone everyone does their move. Um, yeah, I yeah, guess. maybe. Um, yeah, and so I, I'd imagine Roman wins, and it's Roman Brock too. At the old mm. uh, showcase of the old immortals. The old. Yeah, it's funny because if Roman wins, we could potentially have another burger bet on our hands. I don't know if I would go uh, more than two and a half stars this time. <laughs> Why not? I'm only joking. Uh, because Brock Lesnar doesn't bother his hole anymore, Barry. That's why. <laughs> yeah, but he, he, he still had some good matches. Yeah. No, I think I think this match anyway would be very good. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so Elimination Chamber, honestly, yeah, that most of that card, other than the Chambers, does not interest me in the slightest. I'll watch the Rousey thing, and I'll watch the, uh, the Chambers, and that'll be it. Uh, uh, yeah, so, so we'll see, and I think that's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, we will be back next week. We will be talking about Elimination Chamber. We'll have our various movie and game and TV guffs. Uh, plus, I suppose we, we, you know, me and Paul, we might have a, like a brief chat sort of about the OTT results. If anything notable happens, if there's any announcements uh, uh, and all that. So look forward to that. Uh, until then, it's going to be goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's going to be goodbye from Paul Griffin. Goodbye. And it's going to be goodbye, Mr. Joe Towner. Goodbye.